Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola, bienvenidos al episodio 185. Welcome to episode 185 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. In this episode, I have a conversation with one of our language coaching clients. Now, you might be thinking, what is language coaching? And why am I not referring to a language teacher or a language tutor? Well, we actually talk about the difference between teaching a language and coaching in a language in another episode of the podcast. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes to that episode so you can get more of a deep dive on what are the differences between teaching a language and actually having a language coach. But really briefly, the approach is much more personalized and much more conversational. With a traditional teacher or a class, you're being talked at. You're being taught concepts like grammar, vocabulary, Maybe you're being presented information in more of a formal setting, but coaching is really facilitated through a personalized approach that forces you to pick a practical goal to improve your conversational fluency in Spanish. And you also get to practice on a regular basis and you get direct feedback on your weaknesses or what areas you need to improve with the Spanish language, which oftentimes you do not find from a teacher or even a tutor. So in this episode, I wanted to highlight one of our coaching clients so that you could really get a behind the scenes view of what a Spanish language coaching experience is like. So in this episode, I'm joined by Philip Hargrove and he shares his approach to learning Spanish. 
how he was able to improve his conversational Spanish ability through the coaching process and how he was able to do that even though he experienced some difficulties in his life during coaching. So I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, when is the right time for me to dedicate to Spanish fluency? And the real answer is now. You know, anytime that you're thinking about it, if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously interested in improving your Spanish and speaking fluently. So now is always the best time because guess what? Life is always happening. It's not going to stop. Perfect day is not going to come. The planets are not going to align for you to have a distraction-free, non-busy time of your life to dedicate solely to Spanish fluency. So that being the case, you just have to make a decision. And if you've been thinking about improving your Spanish and you really want to dedicate that time to reaching your goal to speak Spanish fluently, definitely go to our website, SpanishQuanSalsa.com slash coach. That's SpanishQuanSalsa.com slash coach. You will learn more about the language coaching process and just to see if it might be a good fit for you. So definitely check that out after you listen to this episode to see if Philip's experience is something that interests you and if you feel like coaching might be the approach that you need to push you over that line from just being a learner of Spanish to being a speaker of the language. So with that long intro, (laughs) let's listen to Philip's experience with language coaching. And again, hopefully that will give you some insight into the process and you'll get to learn how the coaching process in general can help you overcome challenges and get to fluency. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Philip. Hi, Philip. Thank you so much for joining me on the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, Philip, you were brought to my attention as one of our more successful folks that signed up for our language coaching. And I know for a lot of people, when it comes to learning a language, they're usually looking for a teacher. They want someone to just kind of tell them what to say, tell them about the language, explain it to them talk very slowly, right? So they understand. And most people are used to like a tutoring approach or a teaching approach. But for language coaching, it is a little bit different. And we definitely encourage conversation. So I think for a lot of folks maybe listening to this, they're probably not sure exactly what is language coaching or why would they even want to do it. So first question I have for you is, before you got started with Spanish con salsa, where were you with your Spanish? How long had you been learning Spanish and what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I started learning Spanish in high school. I grew up in a city where a lot of people speak Spanish, so it was kind of always around me. And that was the language I took in high school. And then I took it in college a bit, had a couple of international trips. My high school actually did this thing where we went to Spain for a week and a half. So I got to do that. So I had some really good immersion experiences. And then I stopped doing any kind of formal study of it for 10 years. And there were just a lot of times where I've thought just based on different people in my life and culture that I like to engage with, music that I like to listen to. There were just a lot of times where I was like, man, I was so close to being fluent because I, I felt like I was, I did a lot of work early on when I was younger and just stopped for a while, but I still had the foundation of the language. Earlier this year, I actually had a friend who had gone and they were living in Mexico for a couple of months, I think, trying to do the immersion thing to learn the language and also just get an international experience. And that was part of motivating me to do it. I had a couple other friends who were like thinking about moving to a Spanish speaking country and I just 
yeah, it was the energy was kind of around me. So I just decided, yeah, I should do this. I should kind of make that push. So I feel more comfortable speaking this language that I know I can speak. I just need to learn some more stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that because I also had the experience where I learned some Spanish in school. I thought that, oh, yeah, I can speak a little Spanish. And then I think for me, it was the first time I actually traveled overseas where I realized, oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe my high school Spanish isn't going to get me through going to Panama. So, yeah, I think that travel is also a great motivation factor because you actually have some life experience, right? When you're in another country and you get to really see how the language is used in real life and not just in the textbooks. So what would you say, what were you trying before you decided to do language coaching? You mentioned you had some friends that were traveling or moving abroad and it kind of brought back this desire for you to finish what you started with Spanish to really get to fluency. So what types of things were you trying um, and were you looking for before you started with coaching? I think the most recent thing I had done was just trying to do Duolingo, the regular app. And I did it for maybe a couple of months and then it just, it got a little stale. It was hard to identify if I was at the right level on the app because you're not working with the person, you're just kind of letting it choose what types of lessons you should be doing. And yeah, definitely. I was maybe learning some vocabulary, but I wasn't feeling any more comfortable using the language or just giving it a try. So yeah, there was that. And then I actually had a friend who I got, we had recently met and we were, he's fluent, he's bilingual. And I actually just asked him, I was like, hey, can you help me get more comfortable with Spanish? So we like exclusively texted in Spanish at that time. That was happening right around when I started with y'all. So I think those were the, the main things. And talk a little bit about that too, because I think a lot of people do tend to start with an app like Duolingo, which I think is great for when you're a super beginner and you're trying to just get started. But you had already had some previous experience, so it sounds like you were just trying to like refresh where you were. But kind of talk about the difference between using an app and texting in Spanish, which I know also it's a little bit different, but I feel like they're both in your comfort zone. Because when you're texting, you have time to think about what you're going to type. When you're on the app, there's no person there that you feel like is judging you. So talk about what made you take the leap from just texting with your friend and just doing Duolingo to where you were like, look, all right, if I really want to speak the language, I need to do something different. Yeah, I mentioned the feeling earlier about just like feeling comfortable. That wasn't changing. So even if I was maybe learning some new word or some new, I don't know, grammar or something like that, I still felt just as nervous when like I would get a text and I was like, okay, I don't really know what this means. Should I ask or do I need to like Google and that kind of stuff? Oh, I want to say this, but I'm not really sure how I want to say it. I would just kind of feel nervous and uncomfortable. And yeah, that wasn't really changing no matter what other ways I used to study. And Interestingly enough, I'm not 100% sure because I didn't like, I never Googled like language coaching, but the this podcast showed up on my Spotify. I don't know if I had been searching for Spanish music or something. Maybe I had searched the Duolingo podcast or something like that, but it was suggested and I listened to a couple episodes and I was like, oh, this sounds like a cool thing to do. Maybe I can give this a try. So that's really where it came from. I said, oh, here is maybe another way to try this. So I guess I should do it. And do you remember if there was anything particular you heard on the podcast or something that made you kind of consider trying a different route? Nothing particular that I heard on the podcast that made me want to do it. I think just it might have been the first time that I'd heard about the actual one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I definitely I know that I like the one-on-one -on -one engagement. That's a really helpful way for me to learn and just get more comfortable with things. So I think just hearing that it existed motivated me to, hey, why not give it a try? Cool. And it's, it's great that you have that awareness, too, that you like one-on-one, -on -one, because I think some people are intimidated by the idea of one-on-one -on -one coaching because they feel like, oh, I'm going to be on the spot, right? I'm going to have to talk the whole time. And I know it can also be like, it can be taxing, right? It can be tiring if you're like 
oh, I'm going to be forced to speak Spanish for an entire hour, whatever it is. So I think a lot of people, even like they'll book sessions, even if it's just like with a tutor. And then when it comes time for it, they have this like anxiety of, oh, I don't want to jump on the call because I can't do this right now. So talk about like your experience in signing up and how you kind of got started. And what was your first impression when you started with the coaching process as far as just your comfort level with speaking and, and how everything felt when you first got started? I think at first there was like an intro with a person who was not my ultimate coach. Maybe it was a Mariana, mm -hmm. I think maybe, who was like the intro. And uh, yeah, we just kind of talked about like my goals and like what I was trying to do. And I heard about the different types of programs that y'all do, the group stuff, the one-on-one -on -one stuff. And I actually had a different mindset where I was the idea of the group ones I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to get in front of a bunch of people and do this. And I think just knowing myself, I knew that it would be more effort for me to, because it already takes me some effort to assert myself in a group. So I was like, yeah, if I'm in a bigger environment, I probably won't talk that much. I might listen a lot, but I already felt pretty confident in my listening comprehension. So I was pretty sure that the one-on-one -on -one would be good for me. And it actually felt really good to just have a dedicated time and space to just talk Spanish, speak Spanish for an hour. It wasn't stressful because I just, I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I needed to kind of just put those hours in and it was really nice to have that. So yeah, I guess we figured out the times and it was nice to figure out the goals pretty early on where we set out like a, not a syllabus, but like a plan for what my goals would be over the next several weeks or the next few months, I think. And she really helped me understand where I was and kind of identify some I don't know, maybe areas of weaknesses or just like things that I could really focus on. And also just helped me feel more confident in my ability to do it because she was like, yeah, we set a goal for me to have a 30 minute conversation with somebody in Spanish. And we're like, we had done that by session three or something like that. Yeah, it was really nice to just kind of have some, what do you call them, the smart goals, the ones that are like mm -hmm. measurable and all of that. So set those goals and then work towards them. It's hard to do that in other ways of self-study. So it was really nice to have yeah, a coach to help me along that path. Yeah, and you mentioned, I think, her pointing out some of the areas that you could improve and getting that feedback. And I think that's really important because a lot of times when we're learning Spanish, especially as like native English speakers, there are certain errors that are pretty common that we make, right? And there are certain things that we develop as bad habits, I'd say, because we're just kind of used to it. Because especially if you're learning on your own and you're reading things and you're reading them in your head, you could be making some like pronunciation errors that you don't know until you actually try to say it to someone. And you really don't know until you see how they respond and you get that feedback of did they understand me or did that sound awkward or is there a better way to say that how can I sound more natural so I think getting that feedback is an important part of the process and you also talked about setting a goal to have a 30-minute conversation and how you accomplished it in three weeks which I think is really pretty impressive so was that a surprise to you that you were able to reach your goal so quickly and then from there did you set another goal like how did that goal setting process feel and how did that work for you yeah, it's really interesting the timing of when I took this because it aligned with a time in my life when I also had a career coach, just like professionally. And we identified with that coach that just a big issue that I had was self-confidence. So not realizing like where I was in certain places. Professionally, that meant one thing. But in terms of learning another language, that's huge. You have to feel confident because then that allows you to just do the thing that you are trying to do. So I had the foundation, but I would always just feel so uncomfortable that I would give up before even trying to just have 
have an extended conversation. And it was really helpful to frame it in that way because, yeah, we realized the first couple of times it was like, oh, yeah, we got through 10 to 12 minutes of conversation before I kind of got tired of trying to think of new ways to say things. And I would just ask, okay, how do you say this? And the time that it took for me to get to that point just got longer and longer the more that we did it. So, yeah, it was really helpful to just kind of develop some confidence by doing it and by recognizing that it was something as simple as, oh yeah, it can be tiring to to work through communicating in a language that's not your native language. Yeah, we kind of realized, oh, you can already do the thing that you want to do. You just have to kind of do it. So then it just became, I don't think we set many other goals. We did talk about some particular like grammar things that I just didn't really remember from school. But otherwise, we just continued having those conversations. So I would just, again, it was like, oh, every week, oh, I could just speak Spanish for an hour. And that just really helped me get more comfortable doing it. That's great. And in terms of grammar, so you mentioned like going over some grammar things. So talk about that process and coaching, because generally I think when people think about grammar, one, it can be super intimidating. And two, it can also feel like it's going to be pretty boring and it's like overwhelming. It's, oh man, there's this chart and I've got to memorize 27 different ways to say I have a plate of food or whatever it is, because in Spanish... When you're when you come from English, like the Spanish grammar can feel like a bit cumbersome. So talk about like how is the process with learning grammar with the coaching approach different from kind of doing it on your own or through an app? Yeah, I think that learning the grammar is a little different in the coaching approach because it's really sort of uh, individualized or personalized. So you had talked earlier about getting that advice, someone being able, to, being able to hear the way that you speak and recognize errors or something like that. Yeah, we just realized, oh, I got really confused with reflexive verbs. We focused on that because I continued to make those mistakes. So there was a path. Oh yeah, because there was self-study as well. I forgot that there were some assignments that I would do in between just using the website. I had the stuff that I could study at my own time, at my own pace. It was, you know, kind of just like school. But then in the actual coaching session, it would just be like in the moment, okay, what do I want to learn? And we would go through it. And that makes it a lot more natural because it was like, oh yeah, this is how I speak as a person. How do I do that in another language? Oh, if I use certain types of phrases in my regular speaking, like how do I make sure that I know how to do that in this other language? So yeah, it just felt a lot more personalized. Yeah, and something you mentioned there I think is super important. One is knowing what your blind spots are, right? So I think with coaching, one of the things that you don't get from when you're talking to a friend, like you mentioned, you have some friends that live in different Spanish-speaking countries or traveling there or already bilingual. And the problem with having conversations with those friends is that they're generally not going to correct you. Right. Like they, if they can kind of understand what you're saying and the conversation flows or you're able to ask them, OK, how do I say this? Then they're going to like just encourage you if they're good friends. Right. Unless they're like mean. And then why would you want friends like that? Right. <laughs> but they're generally just going to be like, oh, yeah, man, I got I understood what you said. Yeah, no, you're doing great. Your Spanish is good. That's generally what you'll get. But if you are making like the same mistake over and over again, a friend, a language exchange partner is usually not going to give you that level of feedback. So you really don't improve. And you also tend to make those mistakes worse over time because the longer you do something, the less aware you are of it and the harder it is to reverse course and fix those things. So that's one thing I do love about the coaching process. And you also mentioned career coaching as well, that you're able to get someone else, like another pair of eyes to look and go, oh, this is what you're doing that you could improve. And having that dedicated space and time to focus on getting better versus just learning, right? Because we could learn all day. You could Google probably anything. You'd probably even get ChatGPT to tell you whatever. But you're not going to get that feedback from AI or from just a casual 
friend that speaks the language to help you actually get better. So that I'm glad that you noticed that and that awareness really helped you and identify and focus on specifically the things that you needed to improve. So just kind of looking back, Philip, on like where you were when you got started and how you felt about your level of conversational fluency Spanish after the 12 weeks. Just reflect a little bit on how you felt by the end of the coaching program and from where you were when you started. Yeah. So yeah, by the end, I just felt way more confident, way more capable and motivated to just kind of continue working at my own pace, but realized that when I do want to put myself in spaces where I would be speaking Spanish like more often, I know how to be prepared for that. One of the things I always talked about was like, yeah, I just, I have a lot more vocabulary to learn. I have the foundation of the language, but there's just a lot of words that I don't know how to say. I think just having long conversations with somebody about regular life. I had a lot of stuff going on at that time. I changed jobs in between. That was a big thing when I was talking with her about that. So I was learning how to describe my job in Spanish. And then the new one, I had some health issues. So talking about doctors and all these other things, we talked about mental health and everything. So it was like, yeah, I made a friend during that time. And it was really cool just to to do that and see that you can connect with people. Of course, we used English at some times, but... Yeah, we talked about real stuff. Yeah, I just felt way more confident in my ability to do that. So I think before starting it, I almost had this like sadness because it was like, oh man, I said that a lot. I would always say this. Oh, if I had just kept on studying Spanish for a couple more years, I'd be fluent by now. And I was like holding that over my own head. And then when we finished, it was like, oh yeah, Philip, you lived the life that you lived. And yeah, you didn't kind of keep on going in that same pace, but you didn't lose this thing that you had and yeah you still got learning to do but yeah you can understand very well and you just work on your speaking a little bit but I had a much better outlook on my Spanish studies I guess. That's great so it sounds like the confidence that you were looking for that through the process you actually were able to regain that confidence that you felt like you had some unfinished business with the language and that you were able to get to a point where you have now confidence where not only did you progress through that process of coaching, but now the confidence to know what to do in the future, right? So when you want to speak about something different, how to approach it versus just kind of starting back at square zero, where like, I don't even know what, what to do. And I feel, you know, horrible about because <laughs> I don't know everything yet. So that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that in your story. And I hope that there's something in what you shared that resonates with someone who's listening to this that might be in the same position as you, right? That maybe they took some Spanish in high school where they felt like, man, I was so close, but why didn't I ever finish this goal? So I was really glad to hear the experience you had with Hael. She's one of our coaches that's been with us for quite some time, and she's just really good at connecting and just being compassionate. Like you said, you guys talked about real stuff, and I think that's something else you don't get from even just listening to a podcast like this or doing a course, because how many courses out there are going to tell you how to talk about the fact that you broke your pinky toe last week or whatever it is, right? Because that's not in a course curriculum, no matter what you're looking for. So really that individualized approach, I think, is the thing that I keep hearing you say that helped you. And I think that's so important, especially in a world where I feel like we think technology is going to take over everything that we really miss out on the human connection, which I think is the point of language anyway, right? You learn a language because you want to connect with other people, not because you want to pass an exam. You may want to do that too, but ultimately you want to be able to to talk to people and connect with them in their own language. I'm so glad to hear about your experience there. And so Philip, do you mind then, for those who might want to hear, do you mind if I ask you a few questions in Espanol? Okay. Entonces, Philip, ¿cuál es tu palabra o frase favorita en Espanol? 
¿Tienes alguno? Nunca he pensado en esta pregunta, pero recuerdo cuando estaba en uh, la escuela secundaria, mi maestra... Ella, estaba, ella fue hablando sobre diferentes, los verbos, the ah, la conjugación de, de los verbos. Los conjugaciones, sí, y ella uh, siempre hablaba sobre, trabajábamos, porque hay muchas as. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's a word that I always think of, that's kind of funny. Sí, el imperfecto suena raro, sí. creo. Sí, sí. Y entonces, ¿te gusta la música latina? Es interesante porque vivo en, en Florida, en uh -huh. Orlando, ahora hay mucha música de Puerto Rico o la República Dominicana, pero cuando pues, nací en Texas y fue muy uh, más música mexicana, así ahora es, es un poco sí, diferente sí. Uh, porque escucho diferentes uh, músicas, pero... Sí. Entonces, ¿hoy en día tienes una canción favorita de música latina? No sé, uh, escucho el artista Omar Apalo y uh, algunas uh, de sus canciones son en español. Uh, what's that one called? Uh, pero sí, no tengo un okay. favorito ahora. <laughs> si no tuvieras que trabajar, ¿qué harías con el tiempo adicional? Oh, es... Es fácil porque eh, eh, yo he pensado en <risa> esta pregunta. Um, quiero ser un profesor. Es interesante porque no sé si quería enseñar sobre las ma matemáticas y las ciencias, porque eso es lo que hago para mm. mi trabajo, uh, o sobre otras cosas. Pero uh, sí, me encanta trabajar con los jóvenes y, y también uh, los adultos. Espero que en el futuro uh, puedo ser un profesor. Ah. <ríe> y qu quiero tener uh, bastante dinero para hacerlo <ríe> sin, porque no, uh, no reciben mucho dinero uh, en este estado. Okay, entiendo. Y la última pregunta que tengo para ti es ¿Cuál país hispanohablante te gustaría visitar? Quiero visitar Argentina okay. porque quiero, um, no sé, cuando estás en las montañas hay muchas um, cosas de la naturaleza mm -hmm. en Argentina sí. Uh, que sí es muy, muy bella. Sí. Muy bien. Ok, entonces, Philip, muchas gracias. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And I hope that uh, your story inspires someone else to really take the leap and start speaking more Spanish, because that's the way that I believe you really begin to connect with yourself and with the language and to really get better. So if you want to be fluent, you've just got to start speaking. Yeah, thank you so much. And th this interview is helpful because, yeah, I haven't spoken Spanish in a few months. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you helped me re-break the ice. There so, yeah, I'll start listening to more more Spanish music. Cool, at so least. You, got, you got a little bit of practice in today, too. So. <laughs> right, All right, right. Thank you so much, Philip. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and that maybe if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't know if this is right for me, Go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash coach. Uh, you can set up a conversation with our team and we can just kind of walk you through what the process is like and what it would look like for you. And who knows, 12 weeks from now, you might be hearing your own voice on this podcast, speaking Spanish with confidence and finally getting to your goal of fluency. Now, you know, if you're listening to this as we release the episode, the year is really rapidly wrapping up, but... 
If you get started now, you can go into 2024 speaking Spanish with confidence, speaking more fluently, and really being able to get away from just the learning mode into the speaking mode, okay? So as always, I hope something in this episode has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. And don't forget to check out SpanishConSalsa.com slash coach to find out more about language coaching. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com.